Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Suze. Suze. There was no episode last week, so this week I've got a very special guest. It's Taylor Glenn, amazing comedian and writer who had a show last year at the Edinburgh Fringe, A Billion Days of Parenthood, a show about the trials and tribulations of being a parent with a dark edge. The show had a dark edge. She doesn't have a dark edge because that makes it sound like she kills her child, which she doesn't because you will hear said child on the podcast. We talked about so many things, including Jack Nicholson, Cruel Intentions and John Hughes movies. Please enjoy. I just love the fact that I love radishes now. <laughs> Which is sitting in Taylor's kitchen eating uh, M&S crew, crunchy crudite selection. And it includes radishes. And we've discovered that Taylor loves radishes. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? What a dream! I went to a party once and they offered me crude eats. Mm-hmm. And I thought they meant it was going to be like just messily thrown together, like crude. Got some crude eats. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I've just realized I should have picked something less crunchy for a podcast. Yeah, we can't, we shouldn't really eat this during it. Hey we? guys, it's like reverse ASMR. It makes you feel really, <laughs> <laughs> really on edge because it's just crunching eating noises. Do you yeah. think? Hey, so you watch ASMR videos, or you know what they are? Yeah, um, so I found out about them off, off another podcast. Someone was talking about them, and I said, that sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm. And I thought, anyone who watches these are a pervert. And then I put one on and went, Ugh, it's horrible, they're talking really close to the mic, because I'll do, I'll do it now, what they're like. Sorry, guys. They, they sort of go, hello, welcome, hey, how are you? And it's weird. It's weird. It's really weird. But then... And they talk to you like, I'm just going to brush... Oh, yeah, they have, like, role-play ones. Brush brush your hair. And they reach over. There's one that is, like, it's an ear exam. And about 15 seconds into it, I went, oh, turned it off. An ear exam? Yeah, she was, like, tapping one side of the mic with a metal rod and going, I'm in your ears. Like, oh, you are in my ears. Get out of them. But then there was, (laughs) I saw one and it was a girl and she, it was, it had no talking on it. And I was like, good, because the talking is disgusting. And Mm. she was tapping her nails on um, like different objects and like tap, tap like that. And I was like, oh, it's making me go to sleep. It made me go to sleep. Really? So there you go. Yeah. Do you think there's a market for people who really, really like to hear us chew crunchy food? <laughs> if there is, then we've nailed it. I also bought soft pita. Oh, you know what? Hey That's guys, a better ASMR. Guys, soft I'm going to put the crunchy crackers away. Taylor and I um, bonded last year in Edinburgh. Uh, we were both in the same venue and lived, what, two doors away from each other? We did. And every couple of days, we'd just meet up and... Cry about cry. our lives. <laughs> <laughs> cry about doing shows in a cave in the centre of the earth. Yeah, we bonded through trauma. It felt mm. a little bit Band it of was, Brothers. We, yeah. we arrived in Edinburgh with these shows that we liked and then uh, had to do them in a cave with the water running up wall, the walls. Run <laughs> upwards. <laughs> and by the end, we hated our shows and, <laughs> and ourselves. I hated comedy. Yeah. I hate, yeah. <laughs> but loved each other. Yeah. So here yeah, we, we are. We joined our love for each oh, other. Oh, you were so wonderful. Thank you. It's so oh nice when you reflect back on... <laughs> it's really nice when you can text somebody and there's not even a pretense of like, hey, you want to grab a drink? It was yeah. just like, I'm falling apart and yeah. crying. <laughs> See you in City Restaurant in two seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then um, about four months later, La La Land came out. Yeah, we both saw it. And spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen La La Land, a struggling actress puts on her one-woman show, uh, puts everything into it, and then on opening night, well, her only night, the lights go up at the end of this show and in the audience is about eight people. All and spread apart. Yeah. And three of them are her roommates. Yes. They're her friends. Yeah. And then just, she overhears two of the guys yeah, and like just t- talking t- shit techies. about her. I felt it was like two techies going, oh, I can't believe she thinks she's good. Yeah. And Taylor and I were like, it's us in Edinburgh. We both separately had a flashback and got in touch with each other <laughs> about it. So yeah, I, we are the two people who liked La La Land. Yeah, us and... Some of the Academy. 
Some of the academy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a funny thing, La La Land, because mm. I... Um, you know, I saw it when I was back in the States and my husband loved it and we oh, just, we hadn't, we hadn't consulted anybody yeah. about whether we were allowed to have that opinion and we just really liked it. Mm. And then all of the, the backlash started coming yeah. and I was like, oh, there's a lot of anger about this. Yeah. I feel like that, I feel like it's died down already, but I feel like in say five yeah. years, people will either be neutral or still love La La Land. I feel like yeah. people had to react to how much love it was getting by like fucking hating it. Like me yeah. with Game of Thrones. That's oh really? Do. do you hate Game of Thrones? Yeah, uh, no, and I and I don't. Which at all. I can, I'm indifferent to it, but okay. because it's so popular, I, I we, we've got tight Zeki on my got, mic. Got some dip on the <laughs> mic. We got a dip on the mic. Is there a more middle class mic issue than having a <laughs> tight Zeki on the mic? <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like people will just get over how much they hated La La Land because there's nothing really mm. to hate. I get why not everybody likes it, mm. but yeah, it was so... Um... Well, yeah, and I know people who didn't like Moonlight. And I was like, that's fine. I but still I haven't love... seen it. It's stunning. I mean, it's not a, it's not a thrill ride like La La Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's it, the, with Moonlight, I enjoyed La La Land more, but I'm glad Moonlight won. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the right film to win. I did too, and I didn't mm. even see mm. it. So there you I go. I especially thought it was the right film to win because I put ten pounds on it. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> and one seventy quid. Did you see any other of the Oscar-nominated films this year? Mm-hmm. I sure did. Remind me what they were. <laughs> <laughs> so My memory is short. We had Lion. Didn't see it. Lion. Want to see it? It's oh, it's really uh, that's a real tearjerker. There's yeah, sort of there's a tearjerking moment. It's quite a tear-jerky section of about half an hour at the beginning that you'll be like, oh, God. Yeah. And then and then there's, like, lots of intrigue. And then yeah. sort of the last 15 minutes is just sob-fest. I cried all the water out of my body. Oh, my gosh. Really... Yeah, I need to gear up for that, especially because yeah. it's about a child. And so the idea yeah. the idea of losing my kid on a train ex- oh excites God. me for a few days. <laughs> If you could lose them just for a few days, like not go to the point of, oh, somebody else adopted you, but just, just a week of missing her. And it'd be so lovely to get her back. You'd be, for probably two, three days, you'd be really excited to have her back. Yeah, I think it would do good for, for both of um, The mini lion experience. I could offer this to parents. Kidnapping kids, but then returning them... And I'll teach them stuff. You know, like, it'll yeah. be like an enrichment kidnapping. It's not going to be abusive. That's it. And in Lion, okay. I mean, spoiler alert, he learns <laughs> to live on the streets. So <laughs> it's really bizarre because, I mean, this isn't a major spoiler, but in Lion, little five-year-old boy, it's a true story, um, ends up on a train that he shouldn't be on and goes, I think it's like over a thousand miles he ends up, over a thousand oh. miles away in, a, <clears throat> in Calcutta and he doesn't speak the language there and he just ends up on the street for like two months wow and it's and he's like how did you survive and end up so good looking yeah yeah he ended up looking like Dev Patel who knew Dev sensor. Patel would be so sexy didn't see that coming no. at first and he was an adult when he was in Slumdog Millionaire yeah. Don't mean to be don't mean to be an objectifying pig, but I do. What happened? <laughs> I feel free to objectify. Well, I was gonna ask, just the other day I wondered what happened to Elizabeth Shue. Because mm. I was thinking it had been a long time since I'd seen Leaving mm-hmm. Las Vegas, so I'm almost ready to watch it again, but maybe not. I think it's about a fifteen year old. Oh my god. It's hard. Mm. It's very good, but I watched it. Oh, so she's a cool person. Yeah, she's good. just like a good human. I saw Leaving Las Vegas when I was, I think I must have been 20, I was at uni, and my um, then boyfriend of two years had just broken up with me, and I mm. was just back at our uni house going, ugh, I can't do any uni work, I'm just in a pit of despair, and I put on the television, and Leaving Las Vegas had just started, at about 11 o'clock at night, I went, I'm going to watch it. Did not cheer me up. <laughs> it's not a cheer me up. No. no. At the end of it, I went, oh, Jesus, what was I thinking? Well, it's funny because there's a certain kind of despair you want to tap into mm. when you're that age, but that was like more grown-up despair. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, this, is, this isn't sexy enough depression no, for me. Yeah. I want to watch more relatable depression. <laughs> yeah. It was so, yeah, it was I think so it, like I think it ruined, because I'm 32 now, I think it ruined the next 12 years. <laughs> 
of your life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I think that's the <laughs> cause of all my problems. Because the guy that I would, the guy had broken up with me. He came back after like ten days or something. And I'd be like, we're mm. back together now, but it's not the same because of leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I blame that for everything. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. I bet if I watch it now, maybe we we be like, oh, we return to it, and now it's like a jaunty comedy. Because of how awful life is now. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, he's gone. With those shakes, you're going to break a mug. (laughs) I just made a bad joke. I'm just worried that I'll watch it and be like, oh, now I get this kind of despair. Yep, yep. And it'll be like, it'll be a bit too validating. Like, oh, no, I'm in this phase of life where I could drink myself. Yeah, yeah. You watch it and go, well, it took him like a month. That's that's doable. (laughs) What a way to go. How many crudités do you think you'd have to eat in a month? To, to kill yourself. It. Yeah. By, and not choking on them. Like, mm. just straight up. Yeah, I'm just looking literally at consumption. The, the radishes it, could kill us in seconds. When you were a little kid, yeah. what was your favourite film? Oh, man. Um, okay. you got to go with what pops into your head, right? Instead mm. of overthinking it. <laughs> you know? Because then it'd be like, Mo- Mozart. What was that Mozart film? What Amadeus. Amadeus. What, did you used to watch that when watch you were Watch that kid? Mozart film. It obviously <laughs> wasn't that. I did watch that when I was really little. That was not my favorite mm. film. I was trying to make fun of the answer I would try to give. I like the idea I that five-year-old you was watching Amadeus. Yeah, and then I gave an even better answer because I called it the Mozart film. <laughs> was it Beethoven or mm. what? What was going on? Handel. Uh, it's probably The Dark Crystal. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good choice. I think someone else has had that choice on this podcast already. Oh, really? Yeah, like Should Dark I come Crystal. Up something a little bit more original then. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, cut that. Thanks, Taylor. Gonna have to come up with something else. Amadeus, you say? <laughs> but they, oh, yeah, it was Eleanor Morton and she teamed it with um, Labyrinth. And they do kind of go together. Wow, controversial. <laughs> so, here's the problem with Labyrinth I watched mm-hmm. it as an adult. Mm. And I don't think you can... Exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. You can't watch Dark Crystal now either. My brother tried to show it to his um, now teenage daughters. Mm. And my niece was like, Daddy, we got to turn this off. This is oh, so really? boring. Oh, really? Yeah, she just they didn't it like so Dark Crystal. Boring. Uh-uh. And it's a slow... It's a slow moving right. old film. But we didn't mm. know that things could move faster back then. So. No, in those <laughs> days... I t- I've talked about... I talked about this with Gareth on my last um, episode. We're we're probably the last generation um, that would watch something over and over and over again. Yeah. Because now kids have got the option of, hey, here's Netflix. There's 10,000 kids' films. Mm. Pick one. And if they don't like it, they can turn it off and watch something else. We didn't really have that option. Mm. (laughs) Like, we watch what you're given. Mm. And you could watch stuff, you could record something and watch it until the tape sort of dried up. Yeah, and we I did actually did. I mean, yeah, I used to record movies off of TV mm. on the VHS. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I found out something. Um, like, some people are better at ADR than others. Apparently, the best in Hollywood is Jack Nicholson. Really? Apparently, he is just a master at his own ADR. Wow. I think that's really interesting. He would be, wouldn't he? Yeah, of course he would. I've got really... Like obviously, I always knew Jack Nicholson was good, but I've got mm. extra into him recently. Have you? Yeah, I started rewatching a few of his films. Back catalogue. Going, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Yeah, I saw a. Uh, it's not my opinion. It was a video essay, but they were right. How he portrays anger on film, no, like nobody else. So in as good as it gets, he um, there's a there's a part where he's being very angry with Greg Kinnear's character mm-hmm. and he's moving around a lot and sort of mimicking the way Greg Kinnear moves and then right. it shows him in A Few Good Men in the courtroom <clears> scene <throat> and he's very angry but he's very clipped and measured in his movement mm-hmm. um, because he's been a military man for 40 years yeah. and it's really subtle but it's that's an amazing couple of acting choices from Jack Nicholson to be able to do anger differently in a yeah, different character to, yeah he doesn't that's really true because I can think of anger coming from like an Al Pacino an Al Pacino oh who's my a, gosh who's a great actor who's but his great, outbursts but we know what his outbursts are going to look yeah. like and then you start to look forward <gasps> you know mm, you look forward yeah. to the Al Pacino outburst but yeah that's a really good observation uh, yeah, thanks it's made, internet yeah essay. thanks internet video essay and it made me go back and watch a bunch of Jack Nicholson well stuff what I know it's such a cliche scene but that scene in A Few Good Men mm. is just and, and literally there's just a bit where he leans forward you know, 10 degrees or whatever, yeah. and it's explosive 
yeah. you find yourself drawing back from it because we haven't seen him. That that's like a huge movement from that character. Yeah. Whereas a different character, maybe R. P. Yeah. McMurphy leaning forward, we don't notice. Yeah. But yeah. It's very very interesting. Everyone, What's watch Jack Nicholson. Oh, first. I'm about to really talk out of my ass. Listen <laughs> to an essay, the ass talking essay. But I feel like it's the difference between an actor who really does embody the character versus. Um, you know, the celebrity actor who gets cast because we want to see them over and over yeah, again. So you yeah. know what you're getting. You know you're yeah. going to get the expression you always get. And you're going to get... Cough, it. cough, Will Smith. Oh, I went there. And I think Will Smith is a good actor. I love Will Smith. But, but I recognise all his tics. He's always a bit Will Smith. Yeah. I was going to say one that there are a lot of exceptions to, because I actually think she's a great actress, mm-hmm. but Julia Roberts is often just Julia Roberts. Yeah, and she's and so natural takes, on screen, yeah. but yeah, you've got the Julia Robertsnessness yeah. at all times. Yeah, yeah her, nervous, her nervous face is sort of across the board. And, but I just rewatched Erin Brockovich, and she's great. Yeah, she won, she won that Oscar. She did. She won that Oscar. She won it and failed to thank Erin Brockovich. Oh, did she? <laughs> well, yeah. Although, I, you know, I forgive Shame. people Thank for you. those moments because I just feel I forget well, uh, where maybe, I live um, most of the time. So. Maybe she hadn't planned her speech, which suggests oh. she's not up herself. I like that take on it. Because if she humanity. planned her speech, she'd have gone, oh, yes, now thank Erin Brockovich because mm. she's English. Well, thank her. Meanwhile, I'm delving back into really old gossip. Maybe that's not even true. I think it's true. I've decided it's true. Julia, I know you're listening to this, and I'm sorry. (laughs) In New York in 2006, I graduated from university, and I had all this money saved up, and I wanted to go. At the end of graduation, I handed in my dissertation, and the next day, I went on holiday to New York for a week. Mm -hmm. I was so excited just to see Broadway shows and blah, blah, blah. Um, Stayed in this disgusting hotel, but that's another story. But after, Mm -hmm. I went to see... The musical Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, based oh, on yeah. the film. And it wow. was really good. And Jonathan Price was in it. And I really wanted to meet him because I loved the film Brazil. And I waited outside the stage door afterwards. And I was thinking, why is nobody here? And it turned out, because I, literally it was, I went with my brother and we were the only ones. And across the street, Julia Roberts was in a play. And it was in the days where it wasn't that common for a Broadway, for a uh, you know, big Hollywood actor to yeah. appear in a Broadway play. Right, right, right. God, it's only 11 years <clears> ago. And, but she, but everyone from every theatre in the area had gone over there to catch a glimpse oh, of wow. Julia Roberts. And I thought, I couldn't give a shit. I don't care. That's so I don't want to just, like, if I was the only one and could meet Julia Roberts, cool, but I'd rather be the only one meeting Jonathan Price. And I was. And then you from. didn't? No, I did. Oh, you did? Mm. Yeah, what a happy ending. Happy endings, everybody. There's a lot you can do when everyone's distracted by Julia. Mm. Julia. Julia. <clears throat> this musical interlude brought to you by Good Day. Every time I'm at home drunk, five nights a week, I tend to see if Taylor's online so that we can talk about... Cruel intentions. <laughs> oh, it's true. Our conversation always returns to cool intentions. So yeah, I'll just pop up on Messenger and be like, hey, Suze, want to talk about cruel <laughs> intentions? I've just noticed some of Blair's eyebrows do something pretty funny. Um, I don't when even did you know why it? we got into that. But no, I don't. So I was in college mm-hmm. um, when it came out, and... I knew at the time that it was a guilty pleasure, mm. but I didn't, I probably didn't get my head around just how horrible <laughs> the messages actually are. In it. Like I sensed, I sensed that it was kind of badly written mm. and I knew all that was going on, but man, it's, I, why, why did I keep watching it? I don't know. It I just... watched it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I saw it. So I saw it uh, when I was 14. Oh, you're it a was, baby. I'm so young. <laughs> and all these um, nerds in my friendship group were really into Buffy, all guys. They were like, we love Buffy. Sarah Michelle Gellar at the time was at her sex symbol height. She sure was. And so I went to see it and I just had this really, I have this really strong memory of when she appears on screen for the first time. Like, lo- There was a big like, sort of throughout the crowd from all these boys. And and I 
Uh, it's a like spoiler alert. You move forward eighteen years. Oh my god, that film's eighteen years old. And you watch it, and she is not sexy. Like there's she does she. I'm sure she is to her husband, and she's a fine actor and a beautiful woman. But she's not this sexy temptress. It doesn't mm. convince on screen <clears throat> at all. But I like idolized her. I wanted all her outfits. I thought if I could only look like her. Yeah. to be like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Well, she, I think she's, I still think she's one of the best things in the film, mm. in a very mediocre, The very women outshine film. the men in that film, <laughs> yeah, in this ridiculous Yeah, film. and it's just as well that the actresses, the female yeah, actors, actors, outshine the men, because the messages about women in that film are unbelievable. Disgraceful, Yeah. Although I joke about this a lot because, I mean, it's funny that I started watching it when I was in, you know, undergrad and stuff, because mm-hmm. I'm taking all these, like, women's studies classes then, right. and it was like my proper introduction to feminism. Right. Like, Ooh, I'm a feminist, you identity. Mm-hmm. But I always joke with people that 90s feminism was so shitty, like, if my <laughs> uni experience was any measure of it. And I'm, I'm at this, like, super liberal university. Right. We're all calling ourselves feminists, but there was not... I think a lot of the terms we have now are very useful, like slut-shaming was mm. not a word, was right. not a term. And, and, and there's so been... much slut-shaming in this movie. It's horrible. It's a really weird film to go back and rewatch because yeah. like the triumphant denouement of the film, if you haven't seen it, I don't care. I'm going to spoil it. It's 18 years old. I don't think you can Hello. spoil an 18-year-old yeah. film. No, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like, hey, and for all the people that have been like, on the fence, like, <laughs> I, I do want to watch it. I just I want it to oh, be the right time. Juggling whether to or not. Um, <laughs> cruel intentions. So it ends with, oh, should we do the story? So it's the it, it's um well, it's dangerously liaisons. Dangerous liaisons. Yeah. So first of all, let's look into the writing just based on the title. Yeah. <laughs> cool intentions. Okay, we've got we've got a top five. It's gonna be mean actions, <laughs> um, b- bitchy rich kids, uh, manipulative Sarah Michelle Gellar, privileged dicks, privileged dicks, <laughs> yeah. cool intentions. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, it sounds elegant. Cool intentions, and yeah. I know that it was made for I think ten million dollars, which is quite a low budget. Because I listened to the commentary, oh, the casting wow. crew commentary on the DVD, which I owned, um, and they talk about how low the budget was so often on that commentary. Really? Like, by the way, we made this for ten million dollars. Can you believe it? And I, yeah. You're saying, can you believe it? Because there's a full poster bed in this scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the budget went on that, did it? Right. Yeah, I mean, I can ima- I can imagine the budget wasn't wasn't huge. No, and there's no massive stars in it. Like Reese Witherspoon, obviously went on to become a big star and good because she's excellent. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar was the big calling yeah, she card was for the that. Pull, yeah, and shocked us as a brunette, which yeah. I preferred <laughs> for <laughs> what it's worth. <laughs> She and it's newly dyed. You can tell that it's very freshly dyed. It's very freshly dyed, and at one point, but she yeah, Reese wore... Witherspoon, not a not a known. No, she really. There's some really weird. It's just some really weird moments in the film. I mean, it opens with Sebastian Ryan Felipe, who's um, the our male lead, and he, it opens with him at his psychiatrist's office, yeah, pouring out his feelings, and then it turns out he has seduced and and dumped the psychiatrist's daughter just for a laugh. And made a video of her. Yes! To put on the not-yet-existent internet. <laughs> I remember that whatever he does, like, from a tech perspective, was not possible at the time, yeah. but he's Sebastian, and he's Sebastian. rich, so he can. Well, is it, but what a message, and it's like, and his motivation yeah. is, well, why did you do that? She was overcharging me. Yes. So you get the sense of, ooh, he's such a badass. Yeah, he and then really he shows on a girl. Oh, yeah, so as the psychiatrist going, Sebastian, you bastard, come back here. And, then, and he sees a girl in the mall and goes, hi, I'm 17 and she goes Ooh. <laughs> we're in the mall these kids are all 17 going like well I think you should have sex with her and that'll show them some <laughs> of the dialogue suffers from Dawson's Creek um, yeah. virus or whatever you want to call mm, that because mm-hmm. they're trying to make them sound very sophisticated and mm. because it goes back to dangerous liaisons like I think 
Brian Felipe was trying to do a little bit of Malkovich in there mm, and mm-hmm. trying to bring that to the role. Mm. But yeah, the he's a horrible person yeah. as a character, and so is Sarah Michelle Gellar, but then mm-hmm. the whole message at the end ends up being that he's actually, a hero. Yeah, because he fell in love. Mm. And so ooh, he was he saved has, by a virgin. Yeah, he has feelings after all. Mm-hmm. He nailed a virgin, which is Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> And so Sarah Michelle Gellar is the real baddie because she does cocaine. Yes. And she's a slut. She, so yeah. that's the, the movie. To the, to the Sound of Verve's Bittersweet Symphony, <laughs> at his funeral, because he dies, he gets hit by a car, like, barely. <laughs> he really <laughs> barely gets a hit. A car, like, taps him in the hip. Well, that's then, where that 10 million budget. Yeah. <laughs> we can only stunts. go... We can only go five miles per hour. Golden Globe for best <laughs> stunt goes to Ryan Felipe for... Getting tapped in the hip by a car. And then, yeah, he get doesn't he get hit by a car by the cello teacher? No, he's that's oh. what causes oh, it. Oh yeah, they're fighting he's coming out they? and he's like, Did you fuck Cecile? <laughs> Did you fuck Cecile? <laughs> Don't take this up with Cecile. Take it up with the guy that she cheated on you with. Yeah. Definitely. Also, yeah. also I don't believe they were together at the time anyway. No. So what does it matter? No, they just had chemistry. That's That's one of the worst things that stands out to me though. So um Cecile is played by you'll remember. Selma her name. Blair. I always forget the name Selma Blair. Who has recently made a splash in the People versus OJ Simpson as Chris oh, Jenner. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, what have I last seen her in? Yeah, yeah. Right. She's still around. She's good for she's, that role. She's really good, yeah. Yeah. Um so she's this really oh I mean they they push it way too far like mm. she's a very naive virgin and there's a scene yeah. where she's like standing on her head in front of her mother yes. with her legs spread and she yeah. doesn't just because she hasn't had sex she has no idea that that's no. a provocative and and the, way it's to with sit. it's with her cello teacher isn't it who goes oh, yeah I can see right off your skirt this is ridiculous they play her <laughs> they they go okay so she's naive so they play her like she's fully got learning difficulties. Yeah, <laughs> right, which is a different ball of, of wax that we should be worried about. Yeah. So she's supposed to be Uma Thurman's character yes. from Dangerous Yeah, Not sweet and innocent, quite... and also, but she's obnoxious and weird, and like, she's like she's 11. It's she's like she's 11 and has some spinal cord injuries. Yeah. <laughs> you know. She got kicked in the head by a pony. Yeah, uh, no no offence to people who have had that happen. No, um, I'm sure you're much more wise than Selma Blair. But the message is as soon as she gets seduced, which he gets her drunk. Yes. So he date rapes her. Yeah. And then the moment they're finished, she's suddenly a slut. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. like, do you want a blowjob? Yeah, he and like she's pushes like her off the bed. Oh. He goes, ugh, get away from me. So the real horror of this film, Suze, <laughs> is that we kept watching it over and over. We're disgusted <laughs> by it now. I but watched it so Why much. was it so addictive? You've, you've identified the... What's Sarah Michelle Gellar's um, name? I've seen oh, so her character. I can't think of her character. It's called... Catherine. Yes. Why? So there's the Catherine... Catherine, like, Bouvier. It's not Bouvier, but they've got, like, a stupid (laughs) Kennedy name. A really bad Kennedy name. And And they're never doing anything. There's never adults around. No, (laughs) Swoozie Kurtz is the only adult we see, and she's the psychiatrist at the beginning, who goes, Sebastian, come back here. I like the voice you do for her. (laughs) That's my Swoozie Kurtz Sebastian. Sebastian, that's my daughter. (laughs) Where's Swoozie Kurtz? She made she made a good living showing up in movies with small roles, and she was also in a film I watched over and over again because I taped it off Sky Movies when okay. I was about fourteen called Little Girls in Pretty Boxes, which was about a gymnast. It's a TV movie about wow. a gymnast wanting to get to the Olympics, and she played the pushy mother, and oh, the okay. gymnast gets an eating disorder. And the end of the film, she goes, I'm giving up gymnastics. And Swoozie Kurtz goes, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I watched that at the same time as Cool Intentions. Wow. And I went, hey, this woman's got a pretty good career going. This is a good range. <laughs> Where's she gone? <laughs> so, She's a mother to a daughter. That is the role she plays. That's good. That's good. Some, but Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think, was really miscast. I feel like what they needed was... Yeah, this would have been around the same time that Girl Interrupted came out. I feel yeah, like it was. Angelina Jolie in that role, then it would have worked. Really? Yeah, I think it needed, it needed someone a bit wanton and wayward. 
Whereas Sarah Michelle Gellar, when she goes, there's that bit where she goes, you can put it anywhere. Because she oh, makes yeah. a bet with Sebastian and goes, if you can seduce Cecile, you can do me anywhere. And, and she means in her body. <laughs> but it's yeah, really Jesus, unconvincing. When you break she's down like, this whole bet, it's yeah, terrible. you can you can do me anally. And she goes, you can put it anywhere. And it's so it's it's like that a was shocking kid. in the nineties. It really we, was. We, we had just learned about anal sex <laughs> as a, as a <laughs> country. A I thing. can only speak for the U.S. But we didn't <laughs> know about that till the nineties, and it was still quite shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the god, the sexual parts are so awkward and awful. Yeah. That's part of how it's how it's shot, though. Like you can mm-hmm. tell that the direction was, um, okay, talk in a really like stilted voice. We're really gonna drag this out. Yes. So there's a part where she's on his lap, and they're oh, they're yeah. step siblings. Which yes. It's just icky anyway. And it, but it, but it's like it's a bit gross because they are. Step brother and sister, yeah. Um, but it's like the film couldn't quite commit to making them half brother and sister, giving it like a real air of ooh. So they went, no, yeah. we make them step siblings, guys. So you'll be grossed out, but don't worry, it's not too gross. It's like it's kind of gross. <gasps> Is someone returning? There's my daughter. <laughs> Let's can, ask. We what can she do a pause thinks. if you want. Let's do a pause. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's really expensive. Sorry, we're back now. We're just talking about riding lessons. And they are expensive, guys. They are pricey. Stick to movies. My daughter completely, (laughs) what do you call it? A photobomb, a pod bomb. Yeah, yeah. She pod bombed -bombed you. Mm -hmm. Is she a fan of Cool Intentions? Mm. Who isn't? She will be if I have anything to do with it. It is the kind of film I would love to sit down with her and watch when she's of appropriate It's age. quite educational because you could say, by the way, don't do that. Mm. Well, I think it would be really interesting. Like, my nieces are teenagers, and actually, that this is what I'm going to do with them. I'm going to mm. make them watch it because I would love their feedback. Because they'll watch old stuff, and they'll be like, I can't believe this was okay. Like, I remember mm. one of them watched um, 16 Candles, mm. which I love John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll still watch and enjoy that film, but that film has some crazy stuff in it. Just sixteen candles, little yeah, rape, little. It's got everything. You wrote a whole thing on sixteen candles for standard issue, didn't you? Is that you? Was that you? No, Pretty in Pink. I wrote about Pretty in Pink, mm, which equally has has issues. It does have issues. John Hughes is kind of it's seen as untouchable, isn't it? But it shouldn't be. Like, and I think John Hughes' films got a lot of merit. I can see why they're classics of the genre. But there's things like in The Breakfast Club, which everyone's like, this is John Hughes' masterpiece. There's mm. a bit where all the misfits, they smoke some weed, and then there's a montage of them behaving in a way that suggests John Hughes has never smoked <laughs> weed or been around anyone he has. Now, I never have, which sounds like a lie for the podcast, but I've never, I've never smoked weed, I've never done any drugs. But I watched it, probably about 17, watched it and went, that's not how people behave when they're stoned. They're like dancing like nutters. I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> I... Well, I'm on bumps, smoke some weed. Yeah, I think you confused it with amphetamine. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe at every party people were like, hey, Hughes. Yeah, try some of this and, and it was like it's meth. weed yeah or yeah. like crack or something that's true that's yeah. a little crazy to the point where they unrealistically shatter some glass <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny but I they needed like, um, a high action sequence so I guess yeah that's I suppose so instead of handing that and pills would have been too cutting edge <laughs> they, imagine if they would yeah. do coke and then just went back to normal yeah, that's what like. Actress, they've done a lot Ali Sheedy would have had it. Ali Sheedy mm. would have been. Yeah. The one with her. She would have sh- shaken it out of her hair. Maybe that's what came <laughs> out of her hair when she draws that picture. <laughs> also, worst makeover perfect. ever, but I know this yeah. has been talked about to death. But In, I, I feel like so even much 30 better. years ago, it would have been a disgusting look. <laughs> well, so, what, yeah, what's going on for John Hughes with, like, the makeover of the character, because you have that mm. in Pretty in Pink too, with that mm. notoriously awful dress that yes. she like Frankenstein's together. It's it's like a it's big weird. pink sack. <laughs> yeah, and in a film where her style, Andy is, I, she's still one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. and I think I think that film still holds up. I, I really yeah. like it. It does have some issues, but oh, it's yeah. really good, especially compared to Sixteen Candles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So much is about her style and how she's mm-hmm. this individual vintage, not afraid to buck the, you know, yeah. she's around a bunch of preppies at the yes. time. So a very unusual shoes. character for that era, especially female. I think That era so. of cinema. Yeah. So. Breakfast Club, not so much. Not so much. Don't you forget about me. I wish I bloody could. Do you think that, do you think Cruel, Cruel Intentions exists without John Hughes' films? Um, I definitely, I, I think he really, really changed teenage films. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you can, I, I don't know like if any films would have been the way they are without John Hughes. Yeah, for the teen audience. I feel um, like Cruel Intentions was, it was, you see it more watching it now, but it was really trying to be out there, man. It was. Hey, guys, this is what your teens are up to. Yeah, like, the secret not. world of your hyper-wealthy teens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's more like, here's the GOP kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was trying to be terribly edgy, wasn't it? Like, even yeah. the character, the guy from Dawson's Creek, who's a great actor, I can't remember names. Um, yeah, tell me He's in The Affair. Casey from Dawson's Creek. What's his bloody name? Oh no, I can't remember. Hello, it's Suze from the future. It was Joshua Jackson, I remembered on the way home. Was his name Casey in Dawson's Creek? Yeah, he was it? really good in The Affair, which I gave up on, but he ah! played the surfer husband and he was really good. Oh no, I haven't seen that. He was okay. really good. But he, he plays the like token gay character. Yeah. There's a bit of gay shaming there in is. Like, um, Isn't well? it a jock is yeah. in the closet and he's sleeping yeah. with the KC from Dawson's Creek character. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian orchestrates it. That he will burst in yeah. when they're mid gay sex and take yeah. a photo and be like, ha ha ha, look what I've got. But Casey from Dawson's Creek is completely complicit in this and is like, <laughs> yep, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, that's what you get. It's like, oh, yeah. where's the bit where you go, don't do this? He obviously isn't ready to come out. But they show him with the drugs, the Casey yes. character, so you know he is immoral. Yeah, he's, he's out there, guys. Also, Sebastian's fucking brown cigarettes that he, like, <laughs> clearly doesn't know how to smoke, and then he stubs it out. And... He's Eric Trump. He yeah, He's just is. <gasps> I bet that's now what I Ivanka was. I bet Ivanka was just like, Catherine. Is he Catherine Beaumont? That's her name. Yeah, that's right. I bet right. that's what she was like oh at 17. Oh, gosh. Oh, I know Eric. I know it would be fun. It's if so She went and had Trumpy. sex with Selma Blair. See, now this is a real... Now I'm going to have to watch it again and just pretend it's the Trumps. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything about... I think I thought at the time, I was like, oh, this is such a stylish, subversive film. I mm. think I was telling myself that, mm. which is embarrassing now. Because it, it was quite to unusual. Be. I mean, it, I can't think of another film that's exactly like it with this thing where they're all 17, mm-hmm. but it's ultra, I'm putting inverted commas, sophisticated, because it isn't really. But they're... Yeah. They're all living this millionaire lifestyle, yeah. which I suppose what it does do a good job of doing is, that it, this would more be the case then rather than now, but I didn't, when re-watching it, I didn't feel like, I don't care about these rich kids. Like, it was kind of immaterial that they were rich, and it doesn't mm. seem to work in their favour. Mm. I just feel like the film's treatment of certain things, yeah. like... For instance, at the funeral, Catherine's giving a speech about Sebastian and people start going whisper, whisper, whisper because Selma Blair has photocopied her diary. No, Sebastian's diary and is handing out copies to everyone. And there's a big section on Catherine that's like, by the way, she's a coke addict and a slut. I know. Whisper, whisper, whisper. And the it says bitch. Yeah. You can see <laughs> yeah. that because they had to do like doodles <laughs> that the audience could see. Like, okay, <laughs> still shot, bitch, bitch. And a picture of her, yeah, her little cocaine Catholic cross necklace. Mm. But then, so you get back to the message of you were going along with it too, and suddenly mm. he's this Christ figure who mm. is redeemed because he nailed a virgin and fell in love with her. Yeah, and. That's all painted really weirdly. Like, <laughs> so he's after Reese Witherspoon the whole way through the film. Yeah. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. And then they fall for each other. And it's real, and that's scary for him. And then he goes and waits for her at the airport, and he's at the top of an escalator, <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, you're here. 
that bit is confusing because how did he know which escalator yeah. she was going to come up? She, he's just out the top of an escalator. Yeah. Did he keep waiting at different ones going, okay, this one, this one, this yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> sure, it makes for a great POV shot, but mm. yeah. I want to see the outtakes of like, not her, not her. <laughs> and maybe he sees some blonde hair and goes, oh, hi, oh, no, no. Because she's coming up as well, which mm. is even harder to get the right person on the escalator. Absolutely, you can't and just he's run around at the bottom. Very close to the top, so mm. I bet he freaked out quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Like, who had is to, this? So, sorry, sorry, I'm in your way. <laughs> why is... Why is there a Trump at the top yeah. of this escalator? What's Eric Trump doing here? And then they immediately have gentle, sweaty sex to oh, Counting Crows. it's really horrible. That song, which I thought was amazing, and learned to play on the piano. <laughs> I'm covered in skin. <laughs> it goes, yeah, it goes, I am covered in skin, pull me out from within. It's like, stop it. It reminds me of that film Society. Have you ever seen that? No. Society is this disgusting 80s body horror with really amazing practical effects. Oh, okay. And like, it, there's a bit where someone puts their hand up someone's bum and then pulls their entire body inside out. It's I, like I think con- that's what Counting Crows was getting. That's a yeah. pull me out from within. That's what it reminds me of. I'm so in love that you have disemboweled me <laughs> from the anus out. I want you to pull me out from within. That's that song. What, like, that is what having sex for the first time is like. <laughs> So it's Candy Crows perfectly embodied it. Coffee yeah. black. I mean, because um, I am color blind, coffee black, and an egg, egg white. white. What? what? Did you write this in an hour? <laughs> I, I saw them sing that in Scotland. Did you go and watch them live? We, I didn't go watch them. We were at a festival okay. and they were played. Cancel I saw Crows. Amy Winehouse really? and they were on right before her. So everyone was watching them wanting to see Amy. They were like looking at their watches. <laughs> and the, yeah, they were looking at their watches and it just, it was all that really mellow, dated Is that stuff what their music's and... like? I don't know Counting Crows. Yeah. I know Colorblind, which when I was 14, I thought, this is the greatest song ever written. Yeah, they had a few, they had a few hits of the time. Okay. But didn't seem to have any new hits to oh, offer us, and okay. it was all really mellow, and everybody just wanted Winehouse to come they, on. Right. So I felt really bad for them because people oh. were yelling, "It was Scotland. They're not going to hold back." <laughs> Winehouse song. Yeah, <laughs> Poor Counting Crows. Poor well, I I think they probably made an awful lot of money mm. out of Cruel Intentions. Still, some decent songs on that soundtrack. Or yeah, placebo. Every time. me and every you. Yeah, you got that. You got the yeah. blur, the old blur. Coffee and TV. Coffee and TV's on there. And there's that great Amy Mann song. Oh yes. You can make oh. a killing. That's that's a really good song. I just gripped my fist. I love Amy Mann. I <laughs> you love did a Tom Cruise fist pump. Oh, I did a Tom Cruise. See, there were some elements great. to it that just draw, draw, draw me right in. Mm. Can't wait to watch it again. I haven't watched it. I watched it a year ago, and that's what I think what got us talking about it. Maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah, I guess we were we were drunk messaging, which mm. is fine because that <laughs> means you're not drinking alone. Exactly. Yeah. And it's I said, sad. "Are you tuned in?" Because mm. it was on. I guess it was on. It was on. Probably. The TV. Yes. Cruel intentions. Check it out, guys, if you haven't. And the sex scenes. It's they're filmed. They're like filmed too. It's too loving. You know, and it's like. Mm. all sexy has been removed because they're just like we focused on faces I'm like yeah but too much <laughs> yeah there isn't actually that much sex in it there's a lot no. of sexual talk mm-hmm. yeah but they really they held back on a oh it's a movie that's trying to be edgy and just is not when he's before he's managed to hook Reese with a spoon in he goes let's go for a swim in her private swimming pool oh god <laughs> or his private swimming pool and she comes down in her swimming costume, which is like an old lady's swimming costume. <laughs> it's like it what is. your nana would wear to the yeah. swimming to the swimming baths. Mm-hmm. And she comes down, and he has obviously gone. I'm going to let her deliberately catch me naked. Mm-hmm. So he's just standing there naked, but just from behind. So it's not gross. Um, I don't want to see men's asses on film. That's a thing no. I've got. And I, I don't. I don't care. I don't want to see it. Even when it's a good. Bum. Yeah, yeah, he looks great, but I'm, I, not... I'm like, I don't care about your bum. And she, See, she I sees can't. Maybe it. it's because I have a kid too. Like once mm-hmm. you're used to seeing a bottom all day <laughs> that you've cleaned, like you don't distinguish. Like they're all just what shit comes out Bums, of them. Like I yeah. just don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to wipe it. That's Amy Schumer's song about it. Oh god, about, yeah. Because we live in an era now where milk, milk, lemonade. Bum. Yeah, milk, milk. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so good. We live in an era where people release pop songs about their bombs, mm-hmm. going like, uh, big booty. And she does a song, she goes, milk, milk, lemonade, round the back chocolate's made. This is where my poo comes out. <laughs> yeah. People have fetishized the Do you know arts. that's an old, that's like an old, like, I know milk, milk, lemonade is, yeah. <laughs> but she does it in a sexy R&B style. They do it like a legit video. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's very good. Very well observed. Well, well done, Schumer. Well done, Schumer. She, yeah. yeah. So she catches Sebastian naked and he goes, oh, I'm actually trying to get changed, Ivanka. And she, <laughs> she's not Ivanka. Please she, turn around, even though I've clearly manipulated Yeah, you. even though this situation has been created by me. And he's drying his hair. In my memory, he's drying his hair at that point, even though they haven't been in the pool yet. He is. Maybe. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I might have, have got that wrong. But in my head, he's like drying his hair. He's the kind of guy that would rinse before he gets in the yeah. pool, though. Like, even when he's trying to do sexy times, he'd yeah. be like, I need to shower off my... Very um... Trump. He's Because he's got a germ phobia. Wow. Oh my God. You've really nailed it but here, Sue. Reese Witherspoon, she turns around and she needs to telegraph to the audience that that was a embarrassing moment so she goes oh she says out loud oh so embarrassing <laughs> oh she does she vocalizes it so we can go ah she's oh, embarrassed yeah. she feels like she's embarrassed not yeah. necessary they didn't trust her acting skills no. <laughs> i think they should have done she's very good she is very good and the very end of the film she's the true winner because she's got his car because she's got the jet she's just driving along in yeah. his car going ha 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 and i misinterpreted that because when I first saw that at the cinema, yeah. I went, ah, so the biggest plotter of all was Reason with us. <laughs> I thought she never loved him. She just wanted that car. And now she's happy because she got it. Oh, I kind of like that take. Yeah. No, she lost her love and is driving the car, but... She's happy. Where the hell is she driving? They're in Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. That backdrop. That's California. Definitely California. <laughs> she's driven across the whole country. How'd she get there so fast? <laughs> Someone with his made... journal just sitting next to and yeah. why would she cherish that journal like it's horrible it's always plotting yeah this is a journal where he manipulated me and so yeah. many others yeah there must be I terrible things written about and, and like at the time he was trying to seduce her he was already date raping Cecile yeah. so all that would have been in there as well yeah. and she'd have been reading it going <laughs> oh Sebastian how I loved you age 17 yeah. like if these kids had just got through the next two years that they wouldn't remember any of that true at all no what a film they're all white house interns now (laughs) what a film do you think we've exhausted cool intentions yeah i I mean i feel like i could talk about it for another hour but i won't (laughs) we definitely could but we shouldn't we shouldn't because your child is outside She's outside by herself. She's outside. She she's okay. eating the fence. It's an enclosed area. <laughs> How old is Macy? She is three. Three. And she'll, what? she'll be four in June. Okay. Okay. So she's yeah. only four. Is yeah. she at an age where she can sit down and watch a film? Um, she's just about there. You know what okay. her favorite film is? Is Shrek, the original really? Shrek. Really? Oh, yeah. that's nice because it, it is, is nice. Great. Yeah, it, great. it's it's funny to to go back and just see. It, you can never. Guess what they're going to like? Mm. I, out of desperation, I tried Frozen once. Uh-uh. Uh, I didn't do it for her. She hated it. Maybe she needs to be two, three years old. Maybe. She has yeah. great taste. Yeah, Frozen is feminism. But yeah, That's she good. does it. I, I try not to put too much of that kind of like mm-hmm. Disney princess stuff. She's just learned what a princess is, so she okay. is talking about it a lot. But right. she, yeah, she really likes, she loves like the gross ogre stuff well that's really interesting because yeah. that's what we Shrek, want in a woman right definitely <laughs> my best i'm so conditioned even though i wasn't brought up on disney um i'm so conditioned to think to be a beautiful princess is a good thing to dream about being mm-hmm. that when i watched shrek 2 and she had the option to remain beautiful princess yeah and she didn't take it i went a little bit of me went ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. What a sellout. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> we had the option to be gorgeous. Just take it. Your personality is great. So why not be beautiful as well? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not like that anymore. I am like that still. Well, and with a kid that age, like, I am always trying to push a heavy message too hard. And she, it's, she's just, not going for it or she's just not. Give me good colors and slapstick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we'll be like, isn't it great that Fiona chose to be herself instead yeah. of to be pretty? And and Maisie's just like, pretty princess. You know, she doesn't, she's not getting the message. 
She'll be there. She'll get there though. I think you're raising a fine, angry feminist. Thank you. I'm trying. And she's definitely angry. angry. She's definitely full Excellent. of rage. So she came go. in with like, um, <laughs> she entered the room with the kind of confidence I can only dream of. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> That's what's so sad though, is I feel like they're, well, no, they're not all like that at this age, but they're. Mm-hmm. That self-consciousness hasn't kicked in yet. And it's no. such a beautiful phase and it's going to get... They, they, she's still... She's going to start school and it's going to all get trashed. And well, it's I feel sad. like the, even the first year of school, you don't know that men and women are different. And we that is why rules. I grew up to have cocaine and a crucifix mm. and make bets with my step. What a bad place to put your coke. Wow, what a juxtaposition. A crucifix, that's the purest thing. We know that from the exorcist. Yeah. Like, this is an imagery that we're gonna go, oh, I've never heard of a crucifix doing defiled in this way. Oh. I think maybe we've um reached the It feels like we've, <laughs> we've reached, reached the denouement of our yeah. amazing film podcast. Did Catherine ever get to have anal sex? Because that's obviously what she really Well, wanted. that's what she was after the whole way through. Yeah. I feel like she didn't, and she killed herself that night at the funeral. Wow. I feel like that's what happened. Well, there was a sequel. I haven't seen it. Cruel Intentions 2. It's a prequel. Oh, it's a Starring prequel. Amy Adams as Catherine. No! Yes. Yes! I know what I'm watching <laughs> tonight. It's, it's basically, they go like worked about the original i think it's the plot like no guys it isn't but amy adams who's gone on to be oscar nominated two three times yeah now yeah She's so amazing. it just goes to show you that you can make cruel intentions to the television sequel and still go on to credibility that's the word i was looking for amazing that would be like it'd be like if Mel- meryl street played a woman who runs around in porkies but she was already star she was already a star she was born a star. She born a star. She came out doing a perfect accent. <laughs> Every accent superb, apart from Australian, apparently. Really? An Australian has told me Meryl Streep's Australian accent mm, is it's a tough hot one. garbage. All right. And um, Taylor, would you like to plug anything? Could you plug your podcast? Oh yeah, I'd love to plug. You know, if mm. you like podcasts, there's <laughs> always more podcasts. Mm-hmm. I do a podcast called Self Renovators, um, which I do with comedian Caroline Maybe and. It comes out every two weeks. You can find it on SoundCloud or iTunes. And Self Renovators is a podcast where we road test self-help tips from the internet. We're Mm. currently taking a cold shower every day because allegedly it helps with anxiety. But (laughs) I'm just anxious about taking my next cold shower. So, (laughs) Do you find yourself going, I'll just be filthy today because I don't want to get in the cold shower. Have you looked at me, Suze? Look at me. (laughs) I'm sweaty and dirty. Yeah. You look fantastic. Thank you. Red carpet ready, we both are. Woo. I am wearing what I slept in with tights. Thank you so much, Taylor. I look forward to seeing you again soon in front of an audience of six. I. <laughs> oh, don't be so ambitious. <laughs> Double figures is a dream. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I really enjoyed talking to Taylor. I hope you did too. Please follow her on Twitter and download her excellent podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe to the channel and leave a review? My personal recommendation would be five stars. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Suze UK, S-O-O-Z-U-K. And if you're based in Brighton next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 18th, 19th and 20th at 8 p.m., at the Nowhere Man, I'll be previewing my 2017 solo show, Suze on Film. But Suze, that's the same name as this podcast. Yes, it's a tie-in. Come on down. I'd love to see you there.